Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and this is my imaginary friend, Pogo the Clown. And on this edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about imaginary friends. But first, as always, we have shout-outs. That's right, we have shout-outs going out to Izzardbreath, Dusty, Roger, Michael, Dustin, Matthew, Alicia, Derek, Becca, Josh, Alexis, Jen, Elizabeth, Voidtech, Steve, Sherry, Artmuffin, Trudy, Tim, Kenneth, Paul, Ricardo, Danger Duck, Ian, Eric, Brandon, oh, Damien, uh, Damien and Daniel, Ian, Eric, Brandon, Jen, Alexandra, Simon, George, Connie, Seth, Christine, Jason, Hayden, Cindy, Kim, Adam, Ashley, what's that, Loki, Ian, Carrie, Ezra, Robin, Will, Jim, Kelly, Lauren, and Phil Mangano, Russell, Tanya, Donald, Chris, Brandon, April, Seth, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, and Daniel, Dorian and Isaac, oof, Cindy, Bob, Sean Bishop, Cole, Paula, Jerry, Leo, Austin, Lindsay, Hahn, Jennifer, Megan, Aaron, Amy, Jeff, T, Harley, Suzanne, Joe, Lawrence, Lauren McCune, hey, howdy, hi, Lily, Veronica, Nick, Autumn, J. Mark, Carolyn, Martin, Darth Pikachu, Jade, Nanashi, Megan, Heidi, Kira, Pablo, Chuck, Laura, Ruth, O, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Juliana, Dan, Dill, Laura, Pitts, and GamerFan. With a special shout-out, as always, to Joe Teague. Alrighty, let's do a very, very quick paranormal news and get into this episode. Very quick, paranormal news, very quick, it's not very long, it's very quick, it's paranormal news time, very, very quick. Alrighty, the first story in paranormal news, the U.S. military takes UFOs seriously. Oh, hold on, ad block, damn it, thought I fixed that a second ago, apparently I didn't. Alrighty, take two on that, the U.S. military takes UFOs seriously, why doesn't Silicon Valley or academia... The government wants to know if these unidentified objects pose a military threat, but they also represent an opportunity to advance science and technology. Now, the whole story goes on to talk about a lot of very rich, very important people saying, like, hey, why aren't you paying attention? For example, Elon Musk. When they asked him about the Pentagon acknowledgement that Navy pilots have seen objects flying in our aerospace using advanced technology we can't identify let alone understand or explain or reproduce. Elon Musk said, honestly, I think I would know if there were aliens. And honestly, and this goes on to say, and honestly, this response could have come from any number of prominent scientists or industry figures. It was a non-answer. And I got to say, whether that's a wink-wink, obviously he knows about aliens, or that's a why the fuck doesn't he know about aliens? If aliens are real, he's he's right. He's sending out more stuff into space than just about anybody at the moment. How come he doesn't know about UFOs and extraterrestrials, or does he? So they go on to talk about the not only the, the ethical and the scientific um, ramifications of aliens visiting Earth, but they say that it just it's not a thing yet. And I, I got to say, I agree with that. For every article I see... Every week about, yep, 
that UFO is real. Yep, Navy said that one's real. Pentagon said that's real too. And it's not a big issue. Like, sure, it's being covered online, but it should be the top story in every newspaper. Every week, somebody from the U.S. government is saying, yep, UFOs are real. We're going to release this huge report in June. UFOs are real. And it's not even a whisper on Facebook. Everybody's still talking about dumb stuff on Facebook and not this. So what does that say for us? Well, that says that unfortunately, when scientists are asked about UFOs, they generally laugh the subject off, including Neil deGrasse Tyson. He said he would only take the idea seriously when aliens send him a dinner invite. And I don't understand why that is. I really don't. I mean, we all, everybody knows, especially Neil deGrasse Tyson, everybody knows it is statistically impossible that we're the only living creatures, beings, whatever you want to call us, in the universe. That there are billions of habitable planets, yet he still won't say UFOs are real and aliens are real, even when the government does. And that bums me out. I guess there's no big ending to this paranormal story other than wake the hell up, people. I hate to sound like a mad person when I say, wake the hell up, UFOs are real. But you know what? Wake the hell up, UFOs are real, people. All righty. Up next in paranormal news, the last story in paranormal news, because like I said, got a lot to get to, and I want to get to it. Hold on, Stitch. Former Kansas City funeral home turned bar offers a paranormal experience. Hell yeah, already I'm in. Downtown Kansas City, one dive bar is serving up spirits in more ways than one. Originally built in the 1800s, Fat Matt's Vortex, located at 411 North 6th Street on historic Strawberry Hill, used to be a funeral home. They go on to say it used to be a drugstore slash pharmacy in the early 1900s, then it turned into a funeral parlor slash crematorium, which is in the basement, where they could incinerate the bodies. So the family has owned the bar since 2004, and in that time, they've had their fair share of paranormal experience. They say, we've seen things that we can't quite explain. I've had two friends play in pool at the pool table one night, and the door that leads to the basement where the crematorium is slammed shut, and then consecutively, like two seconds later, the women's restroom door slams shut. And those experiences don't stop with the staff. According to House, the owner, Customers have also had unexplained things happen to them at the location. Sometimes I'll have regulars come up and tell me that it felt like someone tugged on their shirt. And when there was no one there or they could hear someone's footsteps on the floor walking behind them. So I've had plenty of people tell me that over the years. They say it's all about respecting the energy in the building, which is why sage comes in handy. They say I'll burn sage in the building every couple of weeks and just kind of clear the air and get that good energy and we've never in any way felt any sort of negative connotations or feelings with the energy in the building. Let's see, they go on to say that uh, Fat Matt's Vortex is so beloved by some that they chose to spend eternity above the drink counter. We actually do have the ashes of two of our old regular customers up here. They didn't have any really immediate family or friends who were capable of providing for their funeral services, so we paid for their prayed for their cremation, and we have their ashes and a couple of urns above our bar. So they're always kind of here. I want to go to this bar. Talk about like wanting to meet up with Paranormal Almanacs with you paramaniacs and hang out and have a drink. Let's meet there. Let's have a drink there. Let's do a live episode from there. That sounds cool. All righty. That about does it for Paranormal News. Let me see if I can get back into this jingle. One second here. How about... 
That does it for Paranormal News. It was a short one. I told you it would be. Why were you surprised? All righty. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Paranormal Almanac. We are back. In this episode, let's talk about imaginary friends. Simple things made up by children, or are they paranormal? All right, one thing I can tell you is they're creepy as hell. I'm not talking about just imaginary friends. I'm talking about kids and imaginary friends. Creepy as hell. Now, this episode was weird and hard to do at first because I I went to it as like, how do I prove or disprove imaginary friends are real? Then I just took a deep breath. I drank some rum. And I realized this episode only needs to be about creepy imaginary friends. And you guys do the work if they're real or not. Meet me halfway, people. All right. That out of the way. Since this is one of those lots of internet stories type of an episode that I can't prove are real, let's put this edition in the legends category and in the huge grain of salt category until I can figure out how to prove imaginary friends are real or not. And don't be surprised, I'm telling you now, if I sprinkle in a few creepy things that kids say kind of stories that don't really involve imaginary friends just for the fact that if I had to read them and be more scared of kids, then let me share them with you. All righty, kick this episode off. Let's start this one with a tweet that actress Natalie Morales tweeted about she tweeted, she tweeted about a little girl's imaginary friend. So let me, uh, let me pull that part up first, and then we'll go down this rabbit hole. So it was just a photo uh, from like a magazine that says, Meet our imaginary friends. We asked some of our favorite kids to draw their make-believe pals. Ruby, three years old, said, This is my imaginary mum, Grateful. Her yellow eyelashes mean that she can see in the dark. She only comes to see me at nighttime. It scares me sometimes but I always want her to come back. She has two babies in her belly. She's 14, but can never have a birthday. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. So uh, people replied, um, yep, my extremely articulate two-year-old has been pointing at the same corner of his room and telling us about the monkey there since he could talk. He says the monkey wakes him in the night. Uh, another person says... Uh, my younger brother had an imaginary friend named Jane. He used to go to the kitchen at night to talk to her. One night, I went to see what they were talking about, and he says, No, Jane, I can't give you a knife to hurt my family. He was three years old. Another one replied, Last week at my work, a five-year-old girl stopped dead in her tracks, looks absolutely terrified, and said she saw, quote, a tall man with long black hair and long black coat in our spare room, but he disappeared. You know, see, already, this is, this is creepy as F. But let's, let's continue on with people replying to that tweet with more scary shit that their kids said. Oh, someone did say, which I thought was kind of interesting. Grateful, that's the name of her imaginary mom, sounds like an early Puritan name. I, I agree with that. It definitely does. And apparently there was a ton of Gratefuls in America. Uh, let's see. My four-year-old daughter sat up in bed in the middle of the night in the dark and said, I have two mums. I said, where's the other one? She pointed to the corner of the room and said, over there, she's wearing a white hood. I was so scared. Kids have weird powers. Yeah, yeah, you should be scared. Your kid's a freak. 
When my daughter was four, she told me her other family had told her that she could join them instead. It was her choice. And she chose to stay with me. I asked her where the other ones were, and she said, quote, in the light. Let's see. But there's, there's tons more. There's like a lot of people just replying, obviously, with, you know, dumb stuff. But then uh, this is almost like the time my sister, my little sister, stood on my bed in the dead of night to look out the basement window that had been covered for winter and went, it's my friend. He's here. But hide. He doesn't like you. F everything about that kid. Uh, I was at home by a school. I was called at home by a school counselor over my kid having, quote, an imaginary dragon. They said that this meant she was unstable. I don't think so. Well, yeah, I mean, kids can have imaginary uh, friends, but, you know, like, oh, I've got an imaginary snail. His name is, you know, Judy the snail. Sure, I can get behind that. But some of these... Like, she's 14 and can never have a birthday and she's got two babies inside her? What the hell, man? That's that's some that's some serious nope stuff. Uh, this reminds me of the time I was sleeping in my little sister's room for the night and I was up on my phone while she slept and all of a sudden she sits up sleepwalking. She says 666, then falls back asleep. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that one. I'm going to say I don't know if I believe that one. When my daughter was three, she told me, don't worry, mama, the ghosts are nice. They don't want to hurt us. We were heading up the stairs to bed, and she was looking back at the dark living room. Okay, thanks for letting me know. Yeah, nope, forget that. When my daughter was three, we moved to a new place. She kept telling me about her friend who was, quote, big like her. I finally, I finally asked what her friend's name was, and she said, Ella. No, Della, with a D. So I did some research on the house. A little girl died of the flu at two and a half in the 1800s. Her name was Della. Oh, that's creepy. I like that one. My then 18-month-old nephew used to feed toast to my dad's urn. He didn't know what it was or anything about his granddad, who died three years before he was born. He just kept saying, the man wants toast. Also, I remember my toddler niece used to hide from, quote, the man. Yeah, that's creepy. Let's see, any more in here? Oh, my uh, three-year-old nephew had an imaginary friend called Eight. A-T-E. Once my aunt told my nephew to ask eight to join them for dinner. My nephew answered, she can't. She doesn't have a mouth. Yep, nope, don't like it. Don't like it. Uh, I was chatting to my, my nana. She suddenly said, do you see the little girl stood next to me? Did I mention her daughter got run over by outside their house when she was three about 50 years earlier? She said, that's her daughter. Yep, that's creepy. One person says, oh, yeah, they're seeing their spirits guides who are taking care of them. Ah, once you guys hear the rest of this episode, I don't, I used to be like, oh, maybe it is spirit guides. That's kind of cool. And then this episode made, made me go, nope, nope, everything about, screw everything about that. I have a five-year-old daughter who also has an imaginary friend. Her name is Dodie, pronounced like Cody. My daughter described her as white with red hair, and she's 12 years old. She does not seem to fear Dodie and is very happy when, quote, she comes around. Every time she comes around... I get scared. When my daughter was three, we visited the cemetery. She asked my mom, why is the baby crying? And I told her, which baby? She said, the one that is below the earth. Do you think he misses his mommy? And when I saw the grave, it was a baby's grave. She could not have known that because she doesn't know how to read. Oh, it's creepy. My three-year-old one time woke me up and I was telling him good morning when he points to my closet and says, 
Look at the monster, Mommy. It's smiling. Look. I got shivers down my spine. I couldn't see anything, so I started waving my hands in the closet, and he goes, See? You touched the monster, Mommy. He moved. Yep. Nope. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. My son would always point behind me or into his room and say ghost when he was two. He wasn't scared or anything, just fascinated. His toys would always go off around 2 or 3 a.m. for no reason. We've moved since then, and it doesn't happen anymore. My grandson came to visit one day and asked if I knew there were spirits in the hallway. Outside my bedroom door. A few years later, I was snapping a promo photo in my hallway with my daughter in a costume. One look at the photo, didn't use it. No more hallway shots for me. Uh, a bunch of people ask, hey, can we see it? Uh, let's see. Thought I deleted the photo. It's on my Facebook page. Just look up author DK Mason. So I guess if you want to see the photo and you have Facebook, you can look up author DK Mason. I have not taken a look at that. I don't want to stop and try and locate it right now. I should have done that earlier, but I did not. All righty. So... Yeah, that's that rabbit hole. So let's continue with the worst episode of Kids Say the Darndest Things Ever. Uh, Let's see. While changing my daughter in front of an open closet door, she kept looking around me and laughing. I asked her what was so funny. She said, quote, the man. To which I replied, what man? She then pointed at the closet and said, the man with the snake neck. I turned around and there was nothing there. I'm very afraid to look into the history of my house to see if anyone hung themselves in the closet, hanged themselves. At least she wasn't scared, though. Yeah, that is creepy. I couldn't figure out, uh, when I was reading this, I'm like, what the hell's the man with the snake neck mean? But, yeah, she's right. That that definitely sounds like someone with a noose around their neck. I do not like. My coworker's four-year-old daughter always thought that the rattling of the water pipes in the kitchen cupboards were, quote, white wolves, and always and the sound always scared her. One day she was sitting at the kitchen and she said, Mom, the white wolves aren't bad. They're our friends. So my uh, her mom encouraged the idea by saying, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The white wolves are protecting us. They're our friends. Then her daughter said, they're our friends, but not the man who crawls on the floor and stands by my bed. Nope. Mm-mm. Don't like that one. My three-year-old nephew was at my cottage. He asked me numerous times about, quote, the girl over there, pointing at one of the back bedrooms. The place is small, and there's definitely nobody there, so I just dismiss it as a very active imagination. He has a lot of imaginary friends. Then some friends are visiting, and they have a daughter around the same age. Now, she has never met my nephew. Twice in one day, she asked about, quote, the pretty girl, while pointing at the exact same room. Definitely caught me out, and I didn't know what to think. Then, at Christmas, my family was over at my place, and my nephew points at a picture of my wife and asks if she's coming to visit us or does she stay at the cottage. My wife died 10 years ago. Personally, I don't believe in paranormal stuff, so it's probably just a logical brain putting a bunch of kids' ramblings, but it got my attention. Yeah, no, that's called uh, weird. It's called creepy. Alrighty, I don't know if this is relevant, but here's something I had said when I was younger. When I was about five-ish, my dad's cousin shot his seven-year-old son and shot himself. His wife filed for divorce and wanted custody of their son, and he went crazy. Well, after this happened, my dad and his brothers had to clean out their cousin's house. Since I was the youngest one at the time, they all decided, oh, Jess should get all the dead child's toys. That's great. So I ended up with one of those little tyke outdoor play castles. You know, the one that has a little play castle tower you can sit inside, such a cool fort. Anyhow, 
This is what the story says. I'm not adding that. Anyway, the uh, one day I was sitting inside the tower part and my mom was on the deck and she heard me talking to myself. So she comes over and asks who I'm talking to this time because I had a lot of imaginary friends. I told her I was talking to the little boy whose castle it was and told him not to cry because my mommy could be his mommy. My mom promptly had my dad throw the castle out. Well, look, the kid doesn't live in the castle. He was just playing in the damn castle. Here's another fun part of the story. When my dad was packing the boy's stuffed animals and his stuff into his truck to bring them to donations, he heard a little boy's voice say, What are you doing with my toys? Now, my dad is the manliest man I've ever met, and he said he got so freaked out by it because the voice was so clear. And uh, you say, he goes on to say, you think this would be a good sign to not give me any of the damn toys. My boss had two daughters, one of which died very young in life due to a medical condition. She passed away in her early 20s. Anyway, the family found it easier to not keep pictures of her up or really discuss her as their way of mourning. Anyway, the other sister had five children, and on, on a quite frequent basis, one of her little girls at a very young age would say she was playing with her imaginary friend Lisa, which is also the name of the deceased sister. Now, not too much was paid attention to that fact until one day she also added that her friend was her aunt, and she visited her quite frequently. The little girl had never been exposed to the fact she had an aunt that had passed away before before she was born, nor had she been told her name. I'm close to the family, and when I heard that story, it freaked me out. I have a younger brother who had an imaginary friend when he was younger. He was also an avid sleepwalker. When he was around three or four, he started talking to someone called Freya. He described Freya as a dark-skinned man with little clothes who loved to hunt in the wilderness. Then one day, he told me that Freya used to live nearby the house a long time ago. And then some white people came and burned him alive and killed his village. Not exactly something you'd expect to hear from a four-year-old. I remember I would be in my room and hear him talking like he was having a conversation, and when I would try to check on him, he would immediately become silent and turn his head as soon as I peeked around the corner. Very unsettling. Well, my other brother, the middle child, was visiting my dad for the summer, but the days, but the day before he got back, my youngest brother told my mother, told my mother and I that, quote, Friar doesn't like it when, quote, brother is mean to me. He's going to scare him. The night that that brother got home, my mom and I were downstairs and he heard a scream that I can still hear to this day. We ran upstairs and found the middle brother swearing that someone was shaking his bed violently. It was a bunk bed. My youngest brother was sound asleep. A month later, my youngest brother took a bad fall and cracked his skull. He was fine, but never talked to Freya again after that. He would also sleepwalk constantly, and he showed up right next to my bed and stared at me until I woke up and promptly shat myself. One night, I heard my front door open and close. Since it was 4 a.m., I went to check it out. I opened the door and found my brother at the far end of the yard, in the snow, only in his underwear, staring right at me. Then he slowly waved. Yep, that's creepy. I don't like anything about that kid or Fariah. Sorry, Fariah, if you're listening. Uh, let's see. When I was a little girl, I had an imaginary friend named Sally. She was blonde. She had a white party dress, black shoes, and a red bow. I saw her clearly, but thought it was normal because of how imaginary friends are shown in cartoons. I eventually stopped seeing Sally and just shelved her memory to, quote, being a childhood fantasy. Then one day, a friend of mine who was sensitive asked me about the little girl in the white dress and bow. I told her about my old imaginary friend, and my sensitive friend said, I see her standing in the corner staring at us. She doesn't like that I can see her. 
Yeah, that's creepy. Let's see. I agree that babies and toddlers can see spirits because they're more open to it. They haven't been influenced by adults yet and aren't old enough to uh, reason it out, you said. Like you said. I also believe that it could be because we're closer. they're closer to the spirit world and as in they're more recently came from there. My own daughter, who's three now, was looking at one of my childhood photo albums with me last summer. We were on a page with a lot of my mom's family members. She stopped, looked up at me, and said, I want to see a picture of Betty. Now, that was my paternal grandma's name, and it totally caught me off guard. She's been deceased for many years, and I only ever refer to her as grandma. Yeah. Alrighty, now here's a uh, bunch where the parents need to decide to listen to their creepy kid, or... And here's my, here's my suggestion. You call an Uber, you drive away, and you start a new life somewhere else. If that kid really has like a creepy paranormal guardian angel imaginary friend, that thing will take care of them because F everything about this. Alrighty, my son from the age of three always tells me about the quote creeper man who lives in my mom and dad's bedroom. He brings it up after he visits them. I made the mistake once of asking what he looked like, and my son said, oh, he doesn't have a face. A parent of one of my students told us in a meeting that she was concerned because her son, seven years old, talked about about an invisible ghost who would talk to him and play with them in his room. He said the ghost was called the captain and was an old white guy with a beard. The kid would tell his mom that the captain told him when he grows up, his job will be to kill people. And the captain would tell him who needs to be killed. The kid would cry and say he didn't want to kill anybody when he grows up, but the captain tells him he doesn't have a choice and he'll get used to the killings after a while. When my daughter's when my daughter was three, she had an imaginary friend named Kelly who lived in her closet. Kelly sat in a little rocking chair while she slept, played with her, etc. Typical imaginary friendship. Anyway, fast forward two years later, my wife and I are watching the new Amityville Horror, the one with Ryan Reynolds, and our daughter walks out right when the dead girl goes all black-eyed. Far from being disturbed, she goes, oh, that looks like Kelly. We go, um, Kelly who? Kelly who? We say, you know, the dead girl that lived in my closet. Oh, shit. I get what they're saying. They responded to the daughter, Kelly who? And she said, you know, the dead girl that lived in my closet. Oh, nope. Don't like that. Don't like that one at all. My cousin, when she was five and I was 17, had a stuffed rabbit that she talked to and carried everywhere. One day, when she was asleep on the couch while I was watching her, she woke up and started yelling at a rabbit for no reason. One minute she was knocked out, the next she was awake, glaring at a rabbit, yelling, No, you can't do that. That's bad. Don't do that. I asked her what was wrong. She tried and tried to get her to stop, but she wouldn't listen. I finally just took the rabbit up to her room, and when I came back down, she was sleeping again. My little brother, uh, my little brother's imaginary friend, Roger, lived under our coffee table. Roger had a wife and nine kids. Roger and his family lived peacefully along ours, alongside ours for three years. One day, my little brother announced that Roger wouldn't be around anymore since he shot and killed him and his whole family. I don't know if he remembers any of it, but his genuine lack of remorse was insanely disturbing. Yeah, you think? What the hell, man? My folks' farm surrounds a cemetery, and my dad and his niece were walking. My niece looks up in the tree and says, What's that boy doing up in that tree? There was no boy, but she insisted that she could describe him and that he was there. 
Let's see. When I was 16, <clears throat> pardon me. When I was 16, I babysat twins who were in the third grade at the time. They always spoke of a man in an Easter bunny costume, and they were terrified of him. One day I was babysitting, and one twin was in the shower. His brother and I were sitting downstairs watching TV when all of a sudden he goes, you need to go check on Matt. Seconds later, Matt yelled, he's in here, he's in here, from the shower upstairs. So I ran upstairs, and I had to check every room before he would calm down. I'm not sure which part of the experience freaked me out the most. I do. How about a dude, a dead dude in an Easter bunny costume messing with kids? Come on, man. That's creepy. Let's see. When my mom was younger, she had an imaginary friend named Shaggy. When she was finished with Shaggy, she chopped him up and put him in the fridge. That's creepy. When my brother was learning how to talk, he grabbed one of those small toy hammers and crawled onto the sofa where my dad was sleeping. He then lent, lent, he then lent in close? No, it's lean. He then leaned in close and whispered one of his first sentences to this day. Smash daddy's head right into his ear. Oh, he said smash daddy's head right into his dad's ear. I get what they're saying. That probably would have been creepier if I would have read that correctly, but it's not my fault they wrote it poorly. Alrighty, when my brother was little, he acted like he had angels talking to him every second. One day my mom overheard him said, I can't kill him. He's my only dad. Yep, nope, don't like that. My daughter used to tell me about a man who came into her room every night and put the sign of the cross on her forehead. I thought it was just a dream. Then my mother-in-law sent over some family photos. My daughter looked right at the picture of my husband's father, who had been dead for 16 years, and said, that's the man that comes into my room at night. My husband later told, he, told me his late father would always do the sign of the cross on his forehead before he went to bed when he was young. A lot of... A lot of creepy stuff to unpack in that one. My wife and I overheard my two-year-old daughter on the baby monitor wake up on Saturday morning and say, what? Okay, I'll tell her. Then she got up, came into our bedroom, and told my wife, Mary says you're doing a good job. Mary was her grandmother that she was extremely close to that passed away. Oh, that's a sweet one. As a kid, I said that my imaginary, my imaginary friend was a ghost. I called him Spooky Guy and that he died in the garage of the house on the hill behind ours. I even came up with his death. He was a 16-year-old that got killed in a car accident and walked to that house to ask to use their phone. This was in the 70s. The person that lived there grabbed him and killed him. He was an imaginary friend as far back as I can remember. This, this scared my mom so much that she tried to look up records to see if it happened, and we think it did. That's creepy. Uh, one day in high school, in, in high school, one of my best friends had a little sister who was five or six years old. One day we stopped by his place completely high because he needed to get his magic cards. While waiting for him to come downstairs, his sister came up to me and said, Icy told me to ask you if you know when you're going to die. I laughed nervously. I said, uh, I knew about Icy, her imaginary friend. I even helped her draw a picture of him once. So I played along and said, no, of course not. No one knows that. Hopefully when I'm very old. The girl shook her head sadly and said, no, Icy wants me to tell you it'll be tonight, and then walked away. Now, obviously, that person's still alive because he wrote the story, but still, screw everything about Icy. That ain't cool. Uh, I was 17 and babysitting a friend of the family, six-year-old. He'd been in bed a couple hours, and I just peeked in to check on him. He wasn't in the bed. When I opened the door wider, I saw he was standing in the corner facing the wall. Creepiest freaking thing ever. I asked him what was he doing. All he did was turn around, smile, put his finger to his lips as if to say, shh. I asked him again what he was doing, and all he said was, leave us. It is the punishment. Yep. Leave that kid. Stop babysitting. 
go home. Ten bucks isn't worth it. All righty, let's see. My grandfather had a camp on Lake Daring in New, in New Hampshire when I was a kid. One day when I was six or so, I fell off the dock and into the water. I couldn't swim. While under, I distinctly remember seeing a little girl down there who told me to look up towards the sun and just keep kicking and I'd be fine. I swam up to the surface just in time for my, grandma, my grandfather to swoop me up and pull me back on the dock. Legend says a girl drowned in that lake a while ago. Of course. When my boy was four, his imaginary friend would sit in the corner of the room when you switched off the lights and light the room with red glowing eyes. I assume he meant that his kid would say his imaginary friend would sit in the corner of the room and when you switched off the lights, the light room with red glowing eyes. But still, that's creepy. I don't like any of it. Uh, let's see. Kid I used to babysit had imaginary friends. They were dead. One had no head. One was an old lady. They were both bloody. The one with no head had insides sticking out of his neck. I didn't ask him any questions because fuck that. Yeah, hell yeah, fuck that. Uh, let's see. Uh, my niece was about four. She had an imaginary friend, which I don't remember the name of. She would blame things on. Uh, she would blame things on this imaginary friend, but also talked about how this friend would watch Scooby Doo with her. One day, I thought, why don't I find out more about this friend? So I asked her, "Tell me about your friend." Well, she's a she, and she's dead. And I said, "Okay, does she have a job?" And she says, "She does what my daddy does." which is a cop. Okay, so then I said, where is your imaginary friend a policewoman at? And she said, right next to where my daddy is a policeman. I said, okay. But then she said, I met her when I was in my mummy's belly. She touched it when I was inside. A few months before my niece was born, my cousin Tracy had died. She was hit by a train. She loved Scooby-Doo, had a ton of memorabilia. She was also a cop. She was a cop in the town that is right next to the one my brother-in-law is a cop in, my niece's, quote, daddy. My niece's imaginary friend was my dead cousin. There is no other way she could have known any of that by the age of four. That's creepy. I mean, it's cool, but that's creepy. Uh, when my kid was four, we were watching a documentary on the Titanic. The scene was a picture of the schematics of the boiler room, and the camera panned from left to right over the plans. He pointed at the TV and said, that's wrong. The boilers were on the other side, and I was right there. And he pointed to a small space in the boiler room. That's where I was. And that's why I don't like water now. Let's see. When my sister was about six or seven, she had an imaginary friend named Emily. She told us Emily lived in her closet, wore an old black dress, and had long, dark hair, and she was the same age as my sister. My sister played with Emily constantly. My parents started noticing my sister acting weird, just sitting in the middle of the room, whispering to Emily quite a bit and acting like a lot more distant towards them. I remember a very specific day. My brother was walking by her room and my sister was sitting in the middle of her room, but she turned around and hissed at him. He was scared shitless. He told me it didn't even look like my sister. My parents ran up to my room or up to her room and I could hear my sister just screaming and screaming as loud as she could saying, get out. I have no idea what happened in that room, but I ran to the bottom of the stairs and the screaming stopped. I saw my parents holding my sister crying their eyes out. She was crying as well. I've asked her about it today. She's 24 now. She told me that Emily used to tell her to do horrible things to herself. She actually used to wake up on the roof and not remember how she got the, how she got there. I'm not kidding. Apparently, Emily hated my parents, so she turned my sister against them. She hates talking about it, so I never brought up that specific night. This all happened at my old house. When we moved into a different house, Emily was gone. I'm not making any of this up. My sister's little friend was a big deal. And my family messed him up for a long time. I'm relieved we left that house. Hell yeah. 
you that little Emily. Uh, when my younger brother was around four, he had an imaginary friend named Victoria Meadowbrook. He told us that she was the most prettiest girl he'd ever seen, and she floated above his bed at night. That That's cool. Uh, when my older daughter was two or three, she used to have a couple of imaginary friends, Dodo and Dee Dee. They were typical imaginary friends. She would talk to them and play with them and tell me about their lives. Then one day, she was about three, she was talking on her play phone when I walked into the room. She hung up her phone and said to me with a completely flat voice and deadpan expression, the evil is coming. Turns out the evil was actually a very nice imaginary friend with just an unfortunate name. Yeah. Nope. Kid says the evil's coming. I, I, I leave. I leave right now. Alrighty, let's pause for a second from the creepy kid crap. Don't worry, we'll get right back to it. There's a shit ton of them. But let's talk about science and imaginary friends for just a small second. See, I did my research. I did my homework on this episode. Two-thirds of kids have imaginary friends, and at one time, imaginary friends were considered a precursor to mental illness. Now... Psychologists say that they're a positive sign of healthy child development. Uh, One child psychologist said a lot of parents get worried about imaginary companions and strange experiences. So what do you do? Well, they say to engage with the kid as to what does the imaginary friend look like? What does the imaginary friend do? Ask your child if they're scared of the ghost or imaginary friend or if they like it and if she's seen it before. They keep saying she if they've seen it before. A scary ghost can be tweaked as necessary. Maybe you can help the child pretend he's in old-timey underwear, for example, or become a friendly one. The psychologist says it's up to you as the parent to decide if you want to encourage or discourage this belief, but you can help mold the, quote, scary imaginary friends into something silly so the child can uh, understand it and comprehend it. Now, child psychiatrist Jim B. Tucker works on the science and the paranormal at the Division of Perceptual Studies at the University of Virginia. He says, we don't take the approach of believer or non-believer. We research and explore the phenomenon of children who report past lives or imaginary friends that have a valid background. Now, overlapping are reports of kids who see dead relatives including some who were dead long before the child was born and the child should have no knowledge of. They tend to go something like this. This is what that psychiatrist is saying. When my daughter was three, she started yelling at us that she's been woken up in the night by a man who kept tickling her feet. We figured she was just dreaming until we came across an old picture of my grandparents on their wedding day, and my daughter pointed at my grandfather and said, That's him. That's the man who tickles my feet. My grandfather passed away when I was six. All right, so I don't want anybody tickling my feet. That's one. Two, I don't want anyone tickling my feet when I'm trying to sleep. Three, I don't want no dead grandpa tickling my feet. That ain't cool. That ain't fun. What the hell, man? Uh, Let's see. The uh, child psychiatrist goes on to say, when you hear enough stories like that, you do start to think that there must be something there. I'm open to it. That's all I can say. Whether you believe it or not, The best advice is to, quote, be cool. I don't know if you really have to do anything other than listen to what your child says. Kids grow up and grow out of it and let it go. Be cool? Half of these kids are talking about, like, evil shit, man. You be cool. That's not cool. All right. 
that didn't help. So back to the scary stories. When I was about three, my mother took me to her friend Donna's farmhouse. As the grown-ups sipped tea in the kitchen, I played freely throughout the house. This was the 80s. Um, until reporting back with some alarming news. A little girl was crying at the top of the stairs. My mom dismissed it as just my imagination. But Donna's face turned white. She just remembered what her daughter, long grown up, and moved out of the house to see when she was a child right there. Quote, a little girl crying at the top of the stairs. Yeah. You be cool with that, Dr. Whatever the hell your name was. That ain't cool. All right, the next one's international, and I don't know really how to uh, do this. I might just tell you the story. It comes out of Thailand. It's out of um, Songkla, Songkla, Thailand, and it's about a um, it's about a mom who went to pick up her daughter at school, and uh, she said that her daughter was speaking while alone in front of a computer room on the second floor. So she asked the girl who she was talking to. The girl replies in the clip that she was talking to a small kid who was standing on the stairwell and wearing pink shoes. So the mother says she looked around, she couldn't see anybody. All the children had left for school, you know, because they were hanging out after school, waiting for the rain to go by. So it was like dusk by that point. There was nobody else there. So the mother then tells the girl to tell the one she was talking to, their car's full, so the kid should go on playing alone and should not follow them. Well, the girl turns around and says... Basically that, that, you know, like you can't come back, you can't come back to us in, in, in whatever Thai, Thai, I don't know what they speak in Thailand, to be honest with you. She turns around and tells this, this imaginary friend, you know, Hey, you can't come home with us. And on video, you can hear the mysterious sound of crub, which means yes, sir. Now it said it can be heard clearly, but I played it twice It's two minutes long. And I don't know where the crub is supposed to be. I'm going to skip ahead. I think it's around here. Oh. Oh, I did hear it. Oh, okay. So I did hear it. We'll go back and listen to it. I'm not going to play it again. Um, You can't hear some dude say, crub, like, cool, whatever. All right. That is more cool. Now that I could actually hear it. The first time I couldn't hear it, so I was like, do I want to play this audio? But there we have it. Crub indeed, my friends. Crub indeed. Um, My imaginary friend, his name was Danny, came into my life at three and left when I was six. He had to do... We had to do everything with us. I told my family they couldn't see him because he was too small. But in my memory of him, he was a normal-sized kid, like six-year-old boy. He wore tatty clothing, like a chimney sweep kind of boy kind of thing. Once, my cousin was sitting on a swing that uh, my friend Danny was on, and I was hysterical, screaming, you're killing Danny. Now, this is not what makes me think of it. It's more of just uh, what happened after he left. So at this point, I'm now 18 My sister moves into a high-rise building. Her son was talking to somebody out the window, and she asked him who he was talking to. He said, oh, there's a boy floating out there. His name is Danny. He was just three, exactly like me. I have never told anyone about Danny, and my sister said she never told her son about Danny. 
Yep, that's creepy. Danny's going to be around for a while, apparently. I, like most everyone, had imaginary friends. I would We would argue all the time. That's right, argue. My parents would come into my room like it was on fire. They'd always ask me what was going on. I would say, my friend is telling me I'm doing whatever it was I'm doing wrong. One day, I was jumping back and forth from my bed to my chest of drawers when suddenly I felt as if I was pushed off my bed. No injuries, but I never jumped around again. Something pushed me. It was my friend. 30 years later, I met my significant other. The arguing continued where it left off. That's right. I was was five when the incident occurred with my imaginary friend. He was not even born yet. Call it what you will, but I'm pretty damn sure my significant other was my imaginary friend before he was born. I feel the similarities between our arguments now and from then. Our energies are the same as well. In fact, the first day we met, we argued about volcanoes. Who does that? All right, good luck dating your imaginary friend now. Um, when my nephew was three or four, there was a lady that sat at the end of his bed most nights. He said he, she had old clothes on, would often keep him awake at night talking to him. He got really worked up when no one else could see her, adamant that the lady was there and she would visit him every night. He spoke, her out, he spoke about her with such conviction. Uh, my sister moved shortly after that. Recently, her one-year-old, my niece, has been seeing roughly the same thing around 3.45 a.m. a few nights, stood in the corner of her cot talking, well, babbling, she's young, one years old, to an empty corner of the room. I think my sister will soon be able to know it's that same lady. Yeah, that's creepy. My little cousin constantly talks about how there's a lady who watches her sleep at night. I don't know how to interpret it. Uh, Her parents think she's just going through some kind of phase, but I think it's some really creepy stuff. The lady's name is Amanda. She sits in the corner every night and just watches her. She said Amanda is old and tells her stories about her life. Now I was pretty hooked at this point, so I asked her what kind of stories she told. She said Amanda told her stories about when no one had any money. People had no food. People were always fighting. Personally, it reminded me of the Great Depression, but... Who am I to decide the time period? The creepiest part is she won't sleep in any other area of the house because she said Amanda gets mad when she does that. My first son, Jack, used to track things moving around the room and laugh at walls and things like that. You know, baby behavior. No, not just baby behavior. That's creepy. Right here. That's creepy. Uh, let's see. Back to the story. What would bother me when, when I would check him on and check on him in the night... I would swear that I saw a shadow slinking up under his bed every time I would go in there. Same happened with our next son, Hayden. When Hayden was two, we moved into a newer house about 50 miles away. Fast forward four years. Talking to Hayden and Jackson the other day, Hayden mentions trick or trick. I ask him who that was, and he says, he's the really tall one from the old house. He likes to look out the windows and take things that don't belong to him. Now Jackson hears this and gets really nervous. He starts telling Hayden to stop talking about it. So I press Hayden for a couple more details. Kurt here, that's a dumb idea. Uh, the kid says that he's um, that Trick or Trick is really tall and likes to look out windows. He doesn't live with us, but he visits a lot. He also said that Trick or Trick is the name that the boys made for him because he doesn't want to tell him his real name. I ask him about the taking thing stuff. And uh, Hayden recalls a time right before we left the old house where I yelled at Jackson for taking Hayden's bottle and putting it in the dresser. He said it wasn't Jackson, but Trick or Trick that did this. Now, I actually do remember this happening because it was the first time I ever had to punish Jackson for lying to me when he didn't do something, when he said he didn't do something. 
At this point of the conversation, I'm totally freaked out. Jackson runs out of the room. Hayden gets really nervous. So I ask Hayden if Trick or Trick is here. He says he tells me to say no. Ever since then, Hayden is afraid of the dark, refuses to sleep by himself because of, quote, bad dreams. A few days ago, Hayden comes to me and asks me if I remember him telling him about Trick or Trick. I say, yeah, I remember that. He says he asked me if it's okay if he made it all up. I tell him, yeah, that's fine, and he has a great imagination. And then he says, good. He told me to tell you that so you wouldn't know. Ugh. Nope. Uh, my mom tells me when I was really young, I had an imaginary friend named Jim Jim. As I used to say, he had black eyes, black hair, and looks like paper. Now, she assumed that I meant it was really white skin. It creeped her out because Jim Jim was one of the first things she ever heard me say and she always found me laughing or crying at the certain corner of my bedroom since I was a few months old. Whatever, what pushed her over the edge one night was when she heard me scream and start crying. I was four when this happened, and she just assumed I had a nightmare. When she asked what I was wrong, I pointed to that corner of the room, and I said, Jim Jim's mad, and she says she wants me to hurt you. Then I started crying and apologizing to the corner of the room, telling her all about that. There was never a mention of Jim Jim in the house after that. Yep, see, that's the correct answer. You go, whoop, sorry, Jim Jim. We're cool. You stay in the corner of the room. Don't have to hurt me. Screw that crap. Uh, let's see. When I was younger, we had an old-style painting in our house with a rocking chair and an old fireplace. Apparently, I would stop and stare at the painting. One day, my mom asked me what I was looking at, to which I replied, the man. And then I pointed at the picture. We also had a long, dark hallway in our house, and I would stop, stare down it, and say, The man. All right, you got to give us more than the man, you little creepy-ass kid. Uh, my daughter has two imaginary friends. When she was around two or three, she was about two or three, and around four, she stopped talking about them. One was Lily, one was Jack. I didn't mind Lily so much, but she would talk about Jack. It would freak me out. She said that Jack was older and really pale with red eyes that he lived in her house a long time ago and his parents did bad things to him, mostly his mother. She would tell me that Jack loves me and wants me to be his new mommy. Anytime she would wake up scared at night, she said it was because of Jack. One night, when everyone was out of town, I let her sleep in the bed with me. It was about midnight and she woke up, told me there was a ghost in the corner looking at me, and then immediately went back to bed. I didn't sleep a wink. My kids used to freak me out. Well, yeah, your kids are freaky. That's why kids are freaky. Let's see, my grandmother and her sister, my aunt, told me stories about my, my aunt's imaginary friend when they were little. My grandma was eight and my aunt was about six. They would play together and my grandma would play along and one of their biggest things in their, one of the biggest things my aunt and her friend, quote, Annie would argue about is their cat. She would always say, I don't care if it's not your kitty, it's mine and I love her. I'm sorry you don't have her anymore and... No, I'm not going to get your kitty. One day, my aunt just took off. My great-grandmother went off to find her. They usually played in the mountains of, the, of Nevada. And he, um, they found her with a shovel, pissed off and yelling at Annie, saying, I can't believe I'm doing this for you. My great-grandfather and grandmother asked what the hell she was doing. And my aunt said, Annie won't shut up about her kitty. And then pointed to thin air as if yelling at Annie and said, There, are you happy? pointing to the ground. So my great-grandpa and grandmother walked over, looked in the hole, and there was a really old box in the ground with a cat skeleton in it. 
My aunt, to this day, doesn't remember anything about that or Annie, but it still freaks my grandma out even mentioning the name. Ugh. I mean, look, scientifically, that's, you gotta say, that's proof. What are the odds that she would find a really old burial of a cat right where she dug? It wasn't like she dug a ton of holes. She dug one right there, and there you got it. I'm gonna call that one uh, proof. My friend said that she was, when she was little, she went to a church and kept telling her mom she wanted to go play with her friends out by the church. Her mom tried to tell her that it was just the woods back there and that no one was there. She even brought these names, she even brought names to these friends that she could see, and they were telling her to come and play, but there was nothing there. Later, her mom found out there was an old cemetery that used to be where my friend was trying to go and play about, and nobody talked about it. Yep, nope, nope, nope. My son from the age of three always told me about the creeper man who lives in my mom and dad's bedroom. Oh, that we already told that one. Um let's see. Another childhood creepy note. When my brother was just learning how to talk, he grabbed one of those small toy hammers. I talked about that one too. These are all repeats. Sorry, got to go through other repeats right now. My brother had an imaginary friend named Tony Rigel. He was six inches tall and was elderly. One day we found my brother crying in his room. Apparently, Tony had passed away in his sleep. We buried him in a shoebox in the backyard. Basically, we had a funeral complete with a moment of silence for an empty shoebox. But why the specific name... Tony Rigel, R-Y-G-E-L. I guarantee you that's a real dude. My grandfather had a camp. Nope, I already told that one. I was working in Colorado River a few years back. We were just about to hit a rapid when I was completely overwhelmed by the presence of a boy asking for help. I looked down and saw something floating at the surface of the water for a few seconds, and then it disappeared. Now, I couldn't tell what it was, and we were just hitting the rapid, so I had to refocus on that. When we got to the bottom of the rapids, I made the crew pull over hiked back to the eddy where it happened and took out my binoculars to scout. Nothing there, but I knew. I told them that it was the oldest brother of three kids that drowned upstream the week prior. No bodies had been found yet. I knew it was the oldest brother. So they humored me. They called into the park service. We went on our way. The park service found the body of the oldest brother, minus his head, that day at the bottom of the rapid we just ran. The other two brothers were found within 48 hours. Now, I don't believe this kind of thing, but that kid spoke to me loudly and clearly, and I was tranced out by it, responded, it's okay, I'll help you, we'll promise. That's creepy. I had an imaginary friend named Joe. It was pretty normal imaginary friend stuff to begin with. My parents would ask about him. I'd respond with something. I like Joe. He has curly black hair. He likes to play outside. Nothing interesting. Until one day, I came out with, Joe has a lot of work. Joe has to work a lot, but Joe's boss doesn't like him. When they asked why, I responded with, oh, because Joe's black, as if that was obvious. Why couldn't they see him? Now, this wouldn't have been weird as all, but I hadn't grown up in a very, I had grown up in a very small, all-white town. I was only about three years old, and I didn't know or been taught about racism or that was even a thing. Now, this continued for a while. I'd mention Joe every now and then, sometimes talking about what he did for fun or his favorite things, other times mentioning that his boss hits him and shouts at him all the time. After a few months, I go up to my mom one day and I have a conversation with something like this. Joe's really happy today. His boss isn't coming back. She asked why. I said, he's dead. She said, oh yeah, how'd he die? And I said, he hung himself from up there. And I pointed towards the attic door. Now, I don't remember much of this. I definitely remember having an imaginary friend named Joe, but the rest of it, not so much. My mom had to tell me this story. 
That's creepy. My cousin died when he was six, and my brother was maybe two to three months old. When he was around three, my brother started playing with those little car mats with the towns on them and the cars and all that, talking to himself. When my mom asked who he was playing with, he calmly said my dead cousin's name so eerie because we never talked about him. I was 17 and babysitting a friend of the family, six-year-old. He'd been in bed a couple hours and I... Oh, no, it's punishment one. That's the creepy punishment kid. I told that one. Uh, when my niece was two, her grandfather, my father, died. A few months later, she, start, she started the phrase of talking, phase of talking to herself, imaginary friends and such. One day, I asked her who she was talking to. She replied, I'm talking to the man. I asked, what man? I asked what the man looked like, and she described my dad perfectly. I asked if he had a name, and she gave my father's name, even though she only ever knew him as grandpa. The creepiest part was when she told my mother that the man told her where his lost wedding ring was, which she'd been looking for since he had passed. When my mom went to look for it, it was right where she said it was. Um, when my little sister was two, my grandfather passed away. When she was about two to five, she would talk about a man in her closet, walk-in closet, no door in a bedroom. He was a very nice man who said he just wanted to get to know me because I showed up too late. When asked what he looked like, she described the clothes my father was buried in perfectly. When she was four, she even ran past a picture of him, stopped, picked it up and smiled and said to my dad, I know him. He's really nice and gives the best hugs like this and gave my dad a big bear hug. When my brother was little, he frequently talked about a nun walking around in our house at night. That nun was his imaginary friend. No, no, it wasn't. Kids shouldn't have imaginary nun friends. No, thank you. Um, I'm a geriatric nurse, and when I was pregnant with my twins, one of my favorite patients, Josie, was thrilled I was having babies soon. She was a colorful woman, to say the least, but loved me because um, what I did, because of what I did, and uh, I'd sneak her a cigarette now and then. She wore wide-brim hats with bright red lipstick. Every morning, she'd come to my desk and say, How you doing, honey? Josie died shortly after my girls were born. One day, one of my twins puts on a big hat and was walking around, walking around the house saying, How you doing, honey? I just thanked Josie for coming to see me one last time and went about my day. Um... A little while after I was born, my sister Julia had an imaginary friend named Jessica. She was Julia's friend for a long time. Then things started to get a little weird. My friends, my parents shrugged it off as a normal occurrence, but after a while, they, be they began to believe our house was haunted. One night, as my parents put me, about a years old, to sleep, I began to cry and pointed at the corner. My mom was still there and began to try and comfort me, but I continued to cry and point at the same corner. All of a sudden, all of a sudden my sister walks in the room, points at the corner, and yells, Jessica, stop it. Immediately, I stop crying, and Julia says, like it's completely normal, she says, sometimes Jessica likes to put on scary masks and scare people. My mom, who was understandably freaked out, stammered to my sister, tell Jessica if she can't play nice, she can't play here at all. A couple of weeks go by, and Julia tells my mom that, quote, her eyes turn green when she is mad, and her voice gets deeper. So my mom didn't know how to respond to this and just went, okay. Now, eventually... Julia outgrows her imaginary friend and stops playing with her. A year and a half later, my little sister Abby begins to talk. She then goes on to tell us about her friend that no one else can see. She tells my mom about how her friend's eyes turn green when she's upset. I remember this distinctly because my mom dropped a pan and it scared me. She asked Abby 
what was her name? And Abby said, Jessica. Oof. Nope. Don't like that. My niece said an imaginary friend said she wasn't allowed to tell her mom her name, though, because the friend said her mom would be scared if she knew it. Never told my sister-in-law, her mother, her friend's name. Then one day, her mom was in the hallway, and my niece didn't realize it and called to her friend by name. That name was Molly. Now, it doesn't sound creepy until you realize that my sister-in-law's grandma's name was Molly, and she, deci- and she died when my niece was only about a year old. The name was never mentioned because my sister-in-law took her death horribly since they were extremely close. My niece knew nothing about this grandmom and had no reason to know her name or that it would affect her mother. Still creeps me out to this day. When my older daughter was about two or three, she used to have a couple of imaginary friends, Dodo and Dee Dee. Oh, nope, I already told this one. This is the evil. Evil was nice, remember? It's all good. Um... When I was at a dinner party the other night with my parents, we were talking about our old house I grew up in, and I mentioned how I loved that house and the boy Barrett that lived next door to us and would play with me. Now, I have several distinct memories of playing with Barrett. I could describe him perfectly. In fact, I learned how to play jacks from him. But according to my parents, the house that was next to ours was vacant, and the boy Barrett was my imaginary friend. That's creepy. A buddy of mine was having dinner with his colleague professor, college professor, his professor's wife and his professor's four-year-old son. The four-year-old son kept looking towards the hallway behind me nervously. Finally, the professor asked his son if he was seeing one of his friends. The son said, yes. So the professor says, good friend or bad friend? Bad friend, the the son said. Uh, So my friend said, "Um, why is he bad? And the son looked at my friend and whispered, sharp hands. Yeah, no, get up, leave. I don't care, just get up and leave. When I was younger, I had an imaginary friend that I remembered in particular. His name was Walter. Walter was an older kid with dark, long hair and was pretty big. He would always sit in my room and protect me from the, quote, bad things that tried to hurt me. You know, the classic monsters under the bed or in the closet or whatever. One night, I had a pretty bad stomach ache, and that night, I had a dream that Walter stabbed me in the stomach with a fork and pulled a monster out of my stomach. Walter then walked out of my room, holding the monster in his hand, and I never heard from Walter again. The next morning when I woke up, I didn't have a stomach ache. My ex-wife's brother has a couple of twin girls that are very unusual. Among other things, both grandparents on his side have been dead the whole time they've been alive, and when shown a picture of them, they said, oh, we know them, they play with us all the time. Also, this happens all the time with them making with them talking to things that aren't there together. Now, I have a picture on my phone my ex sent to me that someone took of them at a lake, and one of them is sitting down in midair. Let me repeat that. Kurt here. This little girl is sitting down in midair. Now, her feet are on the ground, but she's in a sitting position, except her ass is in midair. When her dad asked what's up with the picture, the little girl said, the lady said it was slippery and told me to sit on her lap so I wouldn't fall in. So... If you want to see this picture, I'll put it up on Facebook and in the Patreon and everything. It's weird. It's really weird. It is a picture of three kids sitting or standing, I should say, on the bank of a creek or a river or whatever. One little girl is definitely in a sitting position. Now, I mean, who knows? It could be 
that, you know, she was falling right when the picture was taken, but it doesn't look like it to me. Um, it looks like she's sitting on someone's lap, except for the someone isn't there. It's, it's weird. That's all I got to say. It's weird. It's a weird one. Let's see. Ah, let's end it. You know, we're getting to the end of this. Let's just end it there. Um, well, actually, no, I'll do one more. My four-year-old son had a friend named Jay Keys. Now, he told us he was about 13 years old and he had died in a train crash in 1893. My son was talking about him so naturally, so specifically, that my husband and I did a little research. We found out there was a train accident in 1893 in our area. Multiple, multiple people died. Some of those people did have a first name starting with the letter J who had been killed. Yeah, that's creepy. All righty, that about does it for this week's. There's a lot more, and I mean a lot more. Don't worry, there will be a part two to creepy imaginary friends or creepy shit my kids say. Um, see what I'm talking about? This is what I'm talking. I've always said kids are creepy. Always said kid gross. Get kids ghosts are creepy. I've often always said that imaginary friends creepy because they're definitely you know ghosts. But after all of this. I don't think they're guardian angels. Sure, there's a couple of them like, oh, yeah, that's just grandma. She plays with us. Yeah, then that's cool. I can get behind that. I like that. I like that family members or friends can pop in to check on our kids. I'm fine with that. But a lot of these? Nope. Kid says that to me. If I have a kid, they get old enough. They say something like this to me. I put the kid down because the kid would be on my lap telling me the story. So I put the kid down. I pat him on the head. I go, excuse me one second. And then I just drive away. I find another life in another podcast in another town. And I hope that this kid and evil or whatever the hell evil is. Evil seemed to be nice. I don't want to keep picking on evil. But kid and uh, Julia or whatever. I don't care what the, what the kid's imaginary friend's name is. If they say he has sharp hands, nope, I'm out. I'm gone. I'm done. If he says, oh, yeah, that's the thing that likes to tickle me. and Nope, I don't care. Grandpa or not. Nope, don't care. Gone. Leaving town. Good luck. Here's 50 bucks. You know, learn how to live because your imaginary friend's going to have to take care of you. F everything about that. Seriously, everything about that. What the hell, man? Damn you creepy kids and your creepy imaginary friends. So, this leads me to this week's question. Do you have an imaginary friend? Did you have an imaginary friend? Can you remember details about your imaginary friend? Was your imaginary friend truly imaginary or was it something paranormal? Was it something weird? Was it something dead? If so, obviously I want to hear about it. I don't want to meet them, but I want to hear about it. Uh, If your kid is currently having an imaginary friend, ask your kids some questions. Find out some specific details about their imaginary friend and see if you can corroborate those details. See if you can do that. Do some of the hard, this is your time to do homework, not mine. I did my homework with this episode. Now it's your turn. Find out about your kid's imaginary friend. Find out if someone died in your house and they're playing with your kid because you don't want that. You don't need that crap. Find out if there's some evil uh, being with glowing red eyes or glowing green eyes when they get mad and talk in a deeper voice. You don't need that. Kids are creepy enough. You don't need creepy imaginary friends to go along with your creepy kids. Now, 
I've said it many times on many episodes. I think that kids can see shit that we can't see, just like I think animals can see shit we can't see. Maybe that's a good thing. If all the shit that these kids are seeing are creepy as fuck, I don't need to see them. I will blissfully live in this house not knowing that there's something creepy in the corner over there. You know, like now I got to look in the corner. All right, we're good. I don't see anything. Um, you know, I, I don't need to, if it's creepy, I don't need to see it. But if it's cool, if it's like a, a, a friend of mine that is passed on that I get to hang out with again, hell yeah, I'll, I'll make a couple of rum and Cokes. Let's have some drinks and chat. I would love nothing more than that. But creepy? No, I don't need creepy. You know, snake, snake neck man, neck snake man, whatever the hell that was. I, I don't, I don't need that. Nobody needs that. All righty. This is, um, that's just call is part one of Creepy Imaginary Friends. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Savig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Oh, little nerf your range, damn, but we may ah,